Got a new grandbaby, but he's not here. He's at home. Thank you for all your prayers. And Do we have a problem? Hello? Hello? Uh, now can you hear me? Why is it doing that? Okay, now, how about that? Is that better? Okay. Now it doesn't do it anymore. Okay. Anyways, like I was saying, thank you for all the prayers for the new grandbaby. Caleb, you want to say anything about that boy? He's here. Okay. I got to see him very briefly last night, and um, Grandma has not seen him yet, and she is very anxious. So pray for her that she'll get home safely and not speed trying to get back in time. Well, I told you guys you were in for a treat. Um, I met a new friend today. His name is Sam Keguna. Kegunda. Sam Kegunda. And Sam is from Uganda. And so, um, Sam, I want you to come and I want you just to, to share. Um, greet the people and... Um, Just what's on your heart from the Lord, and I told Sam I wanted him to just share, and, and it doesn't have to be long, and I, but I just wanted to give him an opportunity to share, and we'll just see what God has, and, and uh, is this our best option? Ah, oh, right here, Sam. Here we go. Okay. Hallelujah. I am humbled and thrilled by the grace of God. This gives me a picture of how heaven will be. In heaven, there will be no Africans. (laughs) There will be no Americans. Only children of God. (laughs) only those who are washed by the blood of Jesus they are the ones that will be there our God is a good planner he knows everything before they happen I never knew that one day I will be in a place like this when you watch TV, American television, you don't see anything about Tyler. All you see is Chicago, California, New York. <laughs> you know? 
I've never read about Tyler, but see where I am. I'm in Tyler. <laughs> I'm so thankful to God. About two years ago, I was on the computer. Here, you call it computer. <laughs> and uh, I was checking on Facebook, and somebody was congratulating. I called them my mom and my daddy. Uh, they had made 40 years in marriage. And that touched me a lot because I admire people who stay together in marriage because I know what it means for children to grow together with their mom and their dad. I missed it because my parents died when I was young. I didn't taste the beauty of the presence of the mama and daddy. But when I saw them, I saw, for me, I saw stars. I saw, you know, I saw people that has chosen to walk the walk, to believe God, to serve him, as the scripture says. And because I didn't grow with my parents, I always want to walk with people that are older than I so that I can learn from them. Because I read in the book of uh, Job, chapter 8, verse 8, it's a very interesting verse. Job chapter 8, verse 8. It says that ask the former generations and find out what they have what their fathers learned. For we were born only yesterday and we know nothing. And our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not instruct you and tell you? Will they not bring forth words from their understanding? Can papyrus grow tall where there's no marsh? Can reeds thrive without water? To me, what I see in this scripture is when you get closer to the people that know better where you're going because you don't know, you learn a lot, and you become more like them. So I choose people that know. I choose people that have walked where I want to go. Amen? So when I saw them, I wrote to them. We started communicating. I didn't know that maybe I would see them one day face to face. But behold, today, I'm seeing the goodness of the Lord coming to pass in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, my name is Sam Chigundu. I come from a country called Uganda. It's, it's in Eastern Africa. I love the Lord. I'm married to Olivia, and we have two children. Deborah is four years, and Daniel is two years. And um, a few years ago, I was in my village, and some people came preaching the gospel, and I met them. I saw the way they were praising God and worshiping God and enjoying 
the beauty of God's presence different from where I used to go to church. I went to church the following Sunday and I gave my life to Christ. And since then, my life never remained the same. By then, I was in the village. What we call village is really bush, you know, very far from the cities. There's no water, no electricity, no roads, you know. That's where I grew up from. And I used to look after goats and, and cows. And that's where those who mentored me, those who discipled me, that's where they used to come and teach me how to read the Bible. And one of the verses that I read, which I like most, which touched me, I found it in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. And when I read that, that, those verses, I took them to be mine. I believed them, and I walked in them, and today I'm seeing the fruits of what I believed. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to nations. Hallelujah. All of us here, None of us knew that one day you'll be in a church like here. That one day you'll be worshiping God in faith and truth. But because God knew you before you were born, because God had a plan for you, that's why you're here. When I read this, I took, took it to be mine, that God has called me to serve him. God has called me to go and stand in the gap. And I stood by that word. I compare it to be, uh, being known by, let's say, by the president of the U.S. When you're known by the president of the U.S., you're not a simple person. If you can call him and say, hey, Mr. President, <laughs> you're not a small person. You're respected by your peers. But when you're known by the Most High God, I don't think you are small. <laughs> you know? You are... Im very important person if you choose to walk in the calling. Hallelujah. We derive our identity from the one who called us. If it wasn't that God called me, I don't see why I would have stood here. I wouldn't even have thought of coming thousands of miles from Africa to come here. It's not an easy thing to do, but when you believe God, all things are possible. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Our, our God, our Father, is very rich. He owns everything, everywhere. When I came here, I don't have a house here, but I slept in a house. <laughs> I, I ate food, you know. I got everything. So God has it. He prepared his servants. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. But I don't know why they trusted me to say, come and visit us. All those to me, I mean, they are mirror. It's the working of God. We just met on Facebook. <laughs> you know, everybody is on Facebook. <laughs> you, you, you cannot trust everybody you see on Facebook. 
<laughs> but to me, the fact that they saw me and I saw them and our spirits witnessed that we are one in the spirit and I was able to come and see them, I just see God at work. And I know that God is confirming that he called me to serve him. Praise the Lord. Amen. And my mission, my main mission here is to invite you to come and visit us down there in Africa. <laughs> Many people fear Africa because whatever you see here on television, you see only bad things. But I came to say that, no, we have some good things. <laughs> we have good people. We have beautiful country. We have the beautiful church. And they are there. They want to see, they want to hear from their brothers from other countries. I read a verse in the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse, verse 25. It's a very interesting, interesting verse. If you could read it. Proverbs 25, 25. It says that... Uh, Like cold water to a weary soul is good to is good news to a distant land. Hmm? Proverbs twenty five twenty five. Uh huh. Like cold water to a weary soul is good. Ah, okay. Like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. <laughs> good news from a distant land, you know. People there in Africa, we are thirsty for the word of God. We, we, we serve God because we feel called to serve God, but many of our leaders, they have no training. Somebody there in the village gets saved and doesn't see a church around, and starts a church at the church, you know, but he doesn't have any kind of training. So when I got an opportunity to go to pastor's office, the first thing I said is, we want you down there in Africa. And since I've seen him, I'm going to start praying until one day he'll come. I hope you'll send him to us. <laughs> I want to thank God for my mama and my daddy for accepting me to be their child. They have looked, they have looked after me very, very well. I've eaten like the son of a king. <laughs> I've, uh, I've enjoyed myself and I've enjoyed this church. I feel like I'm at home. Thank you very much for having me. And may the Lord bless you. Amen. I, I want, I'm asking Sam, I'd share a little bit about, you know, um, he can give us a picture in words of, of what's taking place, what's transpiring. Um, and sometimes, you know, we talked about this in the office, sometimes we live in our worlds and we get very focused on the world we live in and we, we don't really have a clue what's going on in other places. And the church in Uganda, the church in America, the church in Kampala, the church in Taylor, you know, they, they have very similar struggles in so many ways, and they have very similar needs. Um, 
And so I just want want you to share a little bit about what what we talked about, what was going on in the church, and some of the things you've seen in America, some of the things that you uh, have experienced there, and 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 also in understanding that and coming to know that, mm-hmm. so that we will know how to pray mm-hmm. uh, for the church in in Uganda, the church where you're from. Wow, thank you, Pastor. Well, the church in Uganda is is growing. We had uh, wars for many years uh, until, I think, 1986. And from 1986, we've had peace there. And so the church has come up in the villages, in the towns, in the cities. But the responsibility of the church and the needs are uh, overwhelming because when you are a, a minister of the gospel in a church where uh, most of the ladies you have in your church are widows, and the children you have are orphans. It's a lot of responsibility that you have, which you have nothing to do about. And that's what's happening in the church. We have so many children in our villages who die just because they can't have clean water. The water we d- they drink there in the villages is water from the streams, the water that you know, runs around. That's what happens there. And the women there in the village, they, we don't have hospitals in the villages. So we have traditional bath attendants. Uh, they don't know much what they do. And like maybe 30 or 40% of the children that are born, most of them die because of the, the mothers cannot uh, reach hospitals. And it's a, so many challenges that we have at the church like that. And uh, wherever you go in Africa, mainly in the rural areas, because of the bad politics we have, and I don't know about here, but in Africa our politics is a little... Uh, it's not good politics. It's uh, about fighting. You know, if you're strong, you get it. If you're weak, you lose it. That's what is happening. And a lot of people lose their lives because of that. And a lot of, uh, you know, you can work for five years and kind of develop. Then they come and fight and destroy everything that you've (laughs) you've worked for. And then you have to go back again. That's what has been happening all the time. It's not that we, we don't have the capacity to develop. I think we do. But the problem we have are the challenges that we go through. And the same challenges also affect the church because those are the kind of people that we minister among. Before I came here, I had an opportunity to go to South Sudan. I don't know whether you heard or read about South Sudan. It's an... Uh, the north of South Sudan, they are Arabs, and the south, they are Christian, black Christians. But they've been fighting, killing each other for the last 50 years. And just recently, in July, the south became an independent country. And when they opened up, we entered the country, taking the gospel in that land. It is a, a very virgin land as far as the gospel is concerned. And that's where now... Most of the churches are focused to want to go there and tell the people about Christ before the uh, other cults 
enter because for them they know how to use that kind of situation to spread their gospel. Islam in Africa is kind of eating because they use their money. They come and to the poor people, they take them to, to school, they give them small, small things, and the people convert, convert to Islam. And then they try to, to teach them their extremism, and they become dangerous to our countries. And so the church has a lot of responsibilities down there. It's a big challenges. What we've been doing at the, at the church, as the people that I work with, we, we try to organize ourselves. The pastors have their organizations in the villages. So we, we, we invite people to come down there. We organize conferences and seminars to, to teach them the word of God so that they can be able to go and teach the, their people. And what we are looking out for is to look for people that we can work with to see how we can be of help to the children, mostly the children in the rural areas. My prayer is that maybe one day I'll be able to see at least 10 or 20 children go to school uh, through me. I don't know how, I don't know from where, but I believe because when you pick a child from the village and take him to a good school, he goes and get good education and can be able to go back to the village and change his village. And um, what happens in Africa, they, uh, we have these days what they call government free education, but those schools, they, what they give the children is nothing to be desired because you find a class a classroom with over 200 children with no chairs, they sit on the floor, you know. They can't learn properly in such kind of, uh, you know, circumstances. And our prayer is that we will be able to see somehow God using us to cause a change in the land where we are born, especially in the villages. In the towns, people have opportunities because most of the organizations that you hear which comes to Africa, they concentrate in the cities, in the towns. And therefore, people in the villages, they don't have the opportunity. Uh, we have an organization where which sponsored my wife, it's called Compassion International, that you, to join that organization to be sponsored, you have to be like four, four kilometers from the church so that you can go to the church every sat Saturday for their projects. And many people lose out, many children lose out because they're very far from a church, you know? So many cannot get the opportunities. So our desire is to be able to reach out to those children down there in the villages and help them to have a future for, for their lives and their families. And the other thing that we try to, to, to do is to emphasize the importance of families. The importance of families. One the reason we are suffering there also is because, because of the wars we had, uh, many parents were killed the dads were killed, the moms were killed, and children grew up as orphans, just like me. For me, God just helped me that when I was about 16 or 17, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and that helped me a lot because I met many people that helped me, that mentored me, that showed me the way, that loved me, 
I think that's why I'm able to be what I am. But there are many children there that don't have such kind of opportunities. They just grow there like wild animals, you know. They just look for what to eat, where to sleep, just like that. So those are the challenges that the church has in, in Uganda. And also, other things that you face here <laughs> at the church, we face them also. They are like, uh, you know, this kind of gospel that we hear these days, prosperity gospel, you know. People think that when you have, these are the things that people look for, then we have made it. Yet that's not the truth. The truth is to be able to know God, to be able to walk in his word, to be able to ask to have Christ in your life. To me, that is what I call prosperity because this life here, we are here only for a short time. If you make it to 80 years, you're blessed. <laughs> you know, We are here for a very, very short time. We are just passing. We are just going. We are going. This is not our home. And unfortunately, today in Africa, those, we, we try to, to concentrate on what we can get. People do everything to get what they think matters. But to me, I think that's not what matters. What matters is to be in Christ, to be a salt, to be a light in the world that God has put us in. We have a challenge as Christians to portray the beauty of our calling before the people that God has put us among. That's the biggest challenge. We, the, the things that I've seen here, where I've been down there, the, uh, even in Uganda, the world is entering the church very fast, more than the, child, the church to enter into the world with the gospel. The world is taking up the church. We're trying to be like them, you know? And yet we are, co we are people of a higher calling. We have to be, you know, examples. People that, that other people would like to be like, to admire to be like us, you know? But the church is running after the world. That's the unfortunate thing that is happening today. I think it happens here also, you know, because we are all human beings. But I, th I thank God that there are people that are made that are not bothered by those things. All they want to do is to serve God and study the word of God and to love God, you know. They are everywhere, but all we have to do is to keep standing, keep the banner raised, you know so that we can make Christ known. I'm happy that here you have young people in this church. That's a very, very powerful thing. I love to see young people in the church. Many, you know, the churches I've seen down there, I've not seen young people. I saw only, you know, older people. But when I see young people, I, I see a growing church. I thank you for that, and please keep up showing them the way, because that's the hope of America for tomorrow. Amen. Thank you.
<laughs> well, um, we had spent two years trying to save money to to add. We are trying to build a house, you know, and we had spent saved this money for about two years. And I told my wife that you know what I want to go to U.S. and she looked at me and said, "What? You mean you want to use?" Our savings to buy a ticket to go. I said yes. I went there because I feel I feel compelled to go. And I told her that if we don't, so this little money that we have we will not reap. If you want to see the goodness of the Lord, let us just <coughs> drop it there and see what God can do. So she accepted it, and we knelt in the house in a small room, and we prayed to God, and. She realized that it's a good thing to do, and I realize it now that I made a very good choice. Otherwise, I wouldn't have met all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I had one friend, I had two friends. Now I have the whole. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you see, uh, somebody told me that good things don't just happen. You don't sit there and expect things to happen. You have to do something. Even to go to heaven, you have to accept Christ. <laughs> you have to do something in order to see something happen. So we had to sow our savings that we saved for two years for me to be here, to be able to see all these beautiful and handsome faces, and to be able even to stand before you today. Well, where, uh, where I, I live is um, outside the city, in the suburbs. It's about, uh, about 12 to 15 kilometers from where I go to church and every Sunday I have to be at church about 7.30 so we wake up around 6, prepare the children and uh, we walk to the road, it's about a, kilom a kilometer from home to the road and then we board a taxi a taxi is like a 14-seater van and then we go to another stage and then we change to another taxi to where the church is. And then the, the taxi leaves us to the stage. Then we walk another distance of uh, about a, a half a kilometer to reach the church. And the distance is not really long, but because of the way we go, it, it takes us about an hour to, to get there. So we have to wake up early in order to be to church on time. But we always make it <laughs> by the grace of God. It's not easy, but it's possible. When you love God, you can do everything. You can do anything. Uh, I met a guy in South Sudan. He's an American. He lives there deep, 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 deep in the jungle. I was challenged by him with his wife. Those people there, they have, uh, I think, civilized, civilization have not reached that part of the, of the world because they have spent many years fighting so they have not seen anything apart from what they know, their traditions. When we went there, we, 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 we wanted to, to have their chiefs come together so that we can share with them the gospel and we, we, we told them that we want to roast for you a bull so you come and eat with us and share with us, you know. They told us, no, you can't you can't cook for us. We cook, we boil our, our meat in our traditional way. And so we, we told them, okay, here is the bull. What they did, they just chopped it in pieces, 
<laughs> and to put it on fire. And once the skin is burnt, for them, their meat is ready. Like you see animals devouring and, and other animals, that's how they eat. They just, you know, that's where that missionary man is. I was challenged by that. <laughs> but because of the love of God and what he believes is there in that jungle. So you can do anything. You can be anywhere and God can protect you. When I was coming, the people that I stayed with in Dallas, they asked me, do you know the people where you're going? I said, no, I don't know them. I've never, <laughs> 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 I, I've never met them. We just met on Facebook. We said, Facebook? <laughs> they asked me, are you sure yourself? I said, I'm sure I'm safe. Because the Holy Spirit witnesses in my heart that where I'm going, I'm going to the right place to the right people. And indeed, that's what I met. Praise God. So don't fear to go for God. As long as it's for God, wherever you go, he'll be there for you and he'll provide for you. And you'll never be ashamed. Amen. Amen. I've seen that everywhere we go. We see the beauty of God's goodness. The Lord provides. The Lord protects. We, when we went to Sudan, everywhere you pass, you see guns. People, you know, everybody has a gun. Even children have, have guns. They keep shooting each other, but they never shot us. We went through them. And when we reached there, the governor of that state, they have states in South Sudan, he asked, how did you reach here? He said, we came, we just came. <laughs> and so when we were going back, he gave us his security to escort us back to the border. You see? Because for me, when God says go, I go. Because I know that he has already provided Amen. Does anyone have any questions that you'd like to ask Sam? Okay. Do you have easy access to the Bible over there? Do you have easy access to the Bible? Not very easy for, not very easy for, for you know, the rural people. Because they are still expensive for them. For somebody to, let me see, a Bible is about 15,000 Uganda shillings. That's about, uh, that's about, let me see, about $4. For somebody in the village to spend $4 to buy a Bible, it's like you're, you're spending three months in the house without light. <laughs> Because they have to use to buy paraffin to have light in their houses. So most of them find it very hard to buy a Bible. So it's not easy for most of the people. At least I think about 60% of the people in our villages. Yeah. So do people donate the Bibles? Or yeah, some people come and donate the Bibles. But again, the Bibles that are donated are in English and People in the rural areas cannot read English. And the Bibles that are written in our local languages are a little expensive for them. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? We, we, we won't have someone from Uganda here next weekend, so. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be allowed to take Bibles back? Oh, yeah. Uganda is, is a free country. Yeah. 
I'm leaving on Wednesday. Get back on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we what you call market here is different from what we call market in Uganda. In Uganda, we we have open places where people bring their proceeds. Like we have bananas, we have sweet potatoes, we have, you know, greens. You just go to those places and you buy whatever you want to buy for that day. And you go home and boil it, cook it, and eat it. Then the following day you go back. We don't keep food in the fridge like you do here. Partly because we don't have power, you know, full time. You can have it today and tomorrow you don't have it. You can spend the whole week without it. So it is, it's, it's not easy to keep food in the fridge, even if you have it. So that's why we, we buy every day. Every day you go and, and buy your food. Most of it is fresh food. We have fresh fruits. We, we, we don't know these tinned fruits of yours. <laughs> I was surprised to see meat in the tin. <laughs> that was strange to me. <laughs> Yeah, my children speak English. Yeah, they speak English. Always warm. Always never cold. Always <laughs> warm. Yeah, we have rain. We have rain in uh, uh, from uh, November, December, and part of January. Then it is it is hot from February and March. Then airport rains again up to July, then it's hot from July up to around November. Now it's raining heavily. So it's always just like that. But even if it rains, it remains warm. Yeah, so I never put on jumpers when I'm there. <laughs> yeah. There's a question over there. Mary? I've been here for one month. Yeah, there are people who came to, to my country as, uh, to do short-time missionary work. And uh, I had an opportunity of being invited to go and translate for them because they were going in the, in the rural areas. So when I went to translate for them, one of them asked me if I would like to come to U.S. I told them I would like to come, but it's not an easy thing to do for us because even getting the visa... An American visa from Africa is a miracle. <laughs> it's not, you have to prove yourself before they, they give you a visa. So I went to the, to the embassy about four times. Every, every time you go there, they take your $100 and, and they don't give you a visa. <laughs> so they did that to me about four times. So they only gave it to me the fifth time. But once they give it to you and you do what you say you're coming to do, you always get a visa, you, you won't have a problem. Because I, I told them for me, I'm, 
I'm always bound by what I say. When I tell you I've got to spend there one month, that's that's what I do, you know. And always that's what I do. And the next the second time I went there, they never disturbed me. They just said, "Come tomorrow and get your visa." So that's how I came. I stayed with those people in Dallas, and uh, I also went to Florida to meet another guy who came to came to Uganda. They had come. These guys I stayed with, they were driving to Florida, they were going for their holidays and asked them to take to take me there. I went there and met my friend for a week and then I came back. I spent a week there, then I came here. Then from here I go to Dallas and go back home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are, they they are there. We have uh, like it's Southern Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a, a very big mission mission team, but now it's dying out. It seems they they no longer send people, even those who are there. I know one is coming back next 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 month. He's coming back in January because his contract is expiring. So they they have been there for a long time, but now they are they are closing. They are closing. Yeah, we have some. Yeah. Mainly from US. I don't know why we don't have from other countries. <laughs> Tell them a little bit about what your your vision is to, to help the the orphans and the people. Yeah. My wife, uh, Olivia, she she also grew up from a, a poor family and she was sponsored by an organization called Compassion International. I don't know whether you've heard about it. They, uh, their office is in uh, uh, Colorado Springs. And she was sponsored from her childhood up to university. And you know, when we, we share about what we've gone through together, my background and her background, we feel challenged to, to reach out to other children who don't have opportunities. And so we came together with other friends of ours who have the same kind of background. We want to, to, you know, to create a kind of organization which reach out to children. And we want also to, uh, to partner with people from here to, to invite you to come and visit and you know, use that opportunity to, you know, to, to, to create awareness about you know the goodness of the Lord in our land and so we we think that if we can have like they say organize like tour packages and get people who want to just come and visit the, the country we we organize like uh, one week of going to the village to minister to the people to show the love of Christ to them, and then have another week of going to tour to see those animals you see on your television. <laughs> yeah, you go, you see them and greet. No, not greet them because they. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you come, you see them live, walking in their jungles, and uh, we have uh, beautiful hotels there. They are a little expensive, but it's worth it because y- you see real creation. You know, undisturbed creation, animals in there, you know, 
where they live, you know, sea lions running after other small animals, you know. We have very, very beautiful places people can go and see and enjoy. So we think that if we can organize such things and raise money through it, we can be able to reach out to people like providing clean water, you know, taking some children to school, you know, building a small house for, for widows. We have so many widows, you know, they have no parent, they have no husbands, but they have children, those kind of things. They are the things we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, most of the people in the, we we have our our country is swampy. Do you know swamps? Uh huh. Yeah, it's swampy. So most of the people in the villages they drink that water from the swamps. It's not clean water at all, and uh, we lose so many children because of drinking that that water. They go they get waterborne diseases, and uh, the the. Uh, our desire is to see that if we can at least provide boreholes, because one borehole can really serve a village of 4,000 people. We can have at least, at least clean water. I grew up drinking that water. I don't know how I survived. <laughs> because when we were growing, we didn't even know the importance of boiling water. We were just drinking it the way we get it. We just drink it. We just survived by by the grace of God. I think because we survived, I think because we we had, in the village, we had a lot of fruits. You know, you go and pick a fruit, free fruit. But now things are changing. Everybody wants to sell his fruit. <laughs> so it's no longer free, you know. So the, the water is a very, very, very big problem. We had, a, I met people from from Canada uh, this guy is, uh, he discovered that when you put water in the sun, in a bottle, a two-liter bottle, pet bottle, and put it there for in the sun for six hours, that water is clean. And he came, he tried to convince people, it was hard to, conv <laughs> to convince the government that it works. But he did it and proved it. And so he's been trying to, you know, to, to teach people, but still it's not enough. Because the water they get is real, real that, that water. So water is a very big challenge in our country. Yeah. In the cities, they are trying to, to provide uh, piped water. But in the villages, it's very difficult. They drink stagnant water there. And they don't know how to purify it because they don't have things to purify it. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. The local the local language Bible is fifteen. What is fifteen thousand? <laughs> yeah, you you, you, you yeah, it's fifteen fifteen thousand. <laughs> Sorry, fifteen thousand. It's the do, yeah, it is about uh, yeah, same five. Do, I think five dollars. No, f seven to ten dollars like that. Yeah. See a doctor. See a doctor. <laughs> I don't know when 
where their life saw a doctor actually. <laughs> where I grew up we didn't have doctors. Um but in the city we have big hospitals but you find one doctor treats thousands of people. So it's not easy to see a doctor. You can see a nurse, you know. We we don't have that many doctors. It depends on where you are. If you're in the village you can go thirty miles before you meet a doctor. Yeah. Yes, sir. Average what income? It also we have uh, it depends. People in the village they <laughs> their income is seasonal. It's when like you grow coffee. You know, coffee is seasonal also. So they get money on the season when they they harvest coffee. So they can get like let me see a family can get like uh, maybe a hundred dollars and that they have to survive on that for the next three months before <laughs> another season comes. But in the city, we don't have a lot of jobs provided by the government. People create their own small, small businesses. And uh, like me, I, I do I have a small camera and a small computer. So I go to churches and film the activities when they invite me and they give me, you know, some money. So I end up in a month making like 150 or 100 sometimes. And sometimes you don't get it, it depends. So it is just like that. But there are others who are works in the, in the offices. My wife works in, in a, like a project. She gets like, she gets, let me see, she gets like $200 a month. But she has to use that for transport to, to the office and back and food and so at the end of the month she ends up with still a hundred dollars per month. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. The biggest need is uh, children, the needs of the children. Children don't have access to good schools, to, you know, to, to, to schools. Yes, the, school, the government schools are there, but they don't get the proper kind of education that you know, they, should, they should get. It's because, because of that, you don't get, many of them don't go beyond their primary section. You know, because they don't go through when sit exams, they fail. You know, yeah, that's the most. I think the challenge we see. Um, all of them, all of them are not there actually. Yeah. Yeah, you can find a class a classroom. One teacher has two hundred children in a in a class. Yeah, they sit on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. The commercials that they have here in the United States, you know, for helping the children in Africa, mm -hmm. are those like really, I don't want to say real organizations, but you would, that the children would actually benefit from those donations. Some of them do, some of them don't. <laughs> yeah. 
I know I know some who don't, but I know some who do. <laughs> yeah. You know what happens? Others they do it as their job. So when you you say um when you pick a child and say I'm sponsoring this child and you say I'm paying let's say fifty dollars per month, what will happen is because it's the job <laughs> that office will deduct the percentage, then they send it to their little office in Africa. The little office will detect a percentage. By the time it reaches the child, you know. <laughs> yeah. Any more? But there are others who do, who really are doing good, like Compassion International. They are doing a very good job. Yeah. So your wife grew up under the care of Compassion yeah, International. Yeah. So yeah. that... You know, you do wonder sometimes, and I, you know, would really encourage you to look into these organizations because some are good and some, uh, most of your money is going to administrative fees. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought that was real interesting. His his wife grew up, and they helped educate her and took care of her. And yeah. as Sam said, you know, so many we can't even imagine here the number of children that are orphaned over there who have no parents. Yeah. Um, who just raised themselves. And if it weren't for some of these organizations or um, believers who come alongside these kids and help them. so, And that's really what Sam wants to be able to do. You know, what we're going to do as a, as a church, and I've, I've already talked to Sam, and, and um, we're going to stay in contact. They don't have a formal organization right now. They're really trying to get started because Part of this is because the, the organizations like Compassion, they locate in the cities, and what, what they want to do is be able to go out into the, the villages where there are no organizations mm -hmm. and, and be able to help those orphans and those people that are out there who just have no way of getting to a city who are just out there. So, you know, as this grows and develops, um, Terry and, and uh, James are the one who introduced Sam to me. And uh, they had a mutual friend. It was uh, through the Batsons, I believe. Grant Batson was working over there. And through his church, they had contact in Uganda. And that's how they, Sam was able to, to find Terry and James. They had mutual friends on Facebook, and they just developed a relationship. And, and so today, Sam is here. What I want us to do right now, I just want to pray over Sam. I want us to pray for him as a church. And um, I just wanted to... Just put that down here. You know, I wanted you to be able to hear uh, a different perspective. Um, you know, one thing that struck me about Sam, Sam, um, in talking with him, Sam doesn't want us to feel sorry for him. This man feels extremely, knows that he is extremely blessed. Um, and it was very interesting to me that the same problems that we have here in the church are the very same problems they have over there. Landscape is different, environment's different, but you know people are the same everywhere. Uh, the sin nature of human beings is the same regardless of what continent they live on, and, and really irregardless of their social status, how rich or how poor they are. And so it was real interesting to me uh, to hear some of those things 
But I think sometimes here we, you know, would this man and his family go to church every Sunday, and it is quite a, an ordeal for them to get there. And uh, I, I just, you know, it's so refreshing to see someone that has that kind of commitment. And you guys are here today because you made the commitment to get up and come. But how many people do we know? It's just too difficult to get up and go to church. But, you know, the reason it's difficult for people to do that is because they don't really understand what it is that they're doing. They don't see the value in it. Uh, You get up and go to your job every day of the week because you know the value of going to work. Uh, He goes to church every Sunday because he knows the value, because he is blessed, not, not in any other way except that he understands what Paul tells us in Ephesians. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so uh, I just appreciate uh, getting to meet you and uh, giving you a chance to be able to uh, speak to the people here, your brothers and your sisters here. Amen. So why don't you come down here? Why don't don't we just pray for Sam? uh, Any that would like to just come and... and, uh, I just want to pray over him and pray that God would have his way in his life. Now, how many of you guys would take your life savings that was going to go to help build your wife's house and and he's still alive? That is a miracle. (laughs) Well, Father, we thank you for Sam. Lord, we thank you. We just thank you for the opportunity that you gave us to, to meet this man. And Father, uh, uh, there are so many stories like Sam's. Lord, we're going to have Gitana here next week. And um, Lord, so many of these precious brothers and sisters, we just don't understand what they have to go through just simply uh, to worship with other believers. But Lord, I just appreciate uh, his attitude. Lord, he's, he's not here looking for anything. He's just here and thrilled that... God has given him the opportunity to meet his brothers and sisters in Christ here in America. And Lord, uh, I believe in divine appointments. And Lord, I believe um, Sam and getting to meet uh, Terry and James was a divine appointment. I believe Sam getting to come here today is a divine appointment. And we just thank you, Lord, for providing for his needs. Father, we just pray that you've given this man a vision. And we pray today, Father God, that you would... uh, help bring this vision to pass. And Lord, I believe you'll speak very clearly to us, Lord, as the days and the weeks and the years go by, Lord, uh, our part to play in helping uh, see this vision come to pass. We ask for your wisdom, God. We ask that you give Sam wisdom, that you give the believers there in Uganda wisdom, Lord, who see the need every day so graphically and understand the need that is there. And Father, give them wisdom and creativity uh, and favor uh, to meet the needs of those orphans and widows. Uh, Lord, even as Sam said, so many are living like wild animals because they know no better because there's been no one there for them. Lord, I thank you for this man. He has a heart to be there, to be a father to the fatherless. And Lord... uh, I just ask that you would, wherever he goes, Lord, open doors for him. Lord, he's 
wanting relationship. And Father, I thank you for the relationships that have been established here today. And out of those relationships, Lord, uh, we are trusting that you will show us how to partner together and see real needs met uh, in real people. Father, I pray that what Sam shared here today would be an inspiration and an encouragement to the body of Christ here at Christ Fellowship. Lord, I pray that you would help us to open our eyes and see how blessed we are um, and to understand, God, that that blessing has come from you. That, Lord, just by your grace, Lord, we are who we are. We live where we live and we have what we have. It is by your grace. And I just thank you, Father God, for the grace that you poured out on this brother. I thank you, Lord, that he has encouraged us today. He's built us up today. And he shared his heart with us today. And I thank you, Father God, that you've made that possible. Lord, I pray for his wife and his children who I'm sure miss him terribly. And we just pray, God, that you would just guard their hearts and minds with your perfect peace, that you would meet their needs every day. I know Sam has faith, God, that you are providing for his family day by day, even while he's gone. And, Father, I just pray that as he goes back home this week, that, Lord, uh, he's going to see fruit from what he has sown, fruit from what he has sacrificed and just to be here. And we pray, God, that you would cause that abundant harvest to come forth. That it would come forth for your glory. Lord, uh, Sam made a statement in my office this morning that we are all just taken from the dust. There are no big names. And Lord, uh, we agree there's only one name that needs to be big. There's only one name that needs to be promoted. That is the name of Jesus. I thank you for the humility of this brother. And I just bless him, Father. We bless him, Father, as a congregation today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, we don't have a sheet back there, but if any of you, we might just put a sheet back there, and if any of you guys want to put your email address or your Facebook information and you guys want to stay connected, I think that would be a wonderful thing to be able to do. I have a feeling this won't be the last time that we get to see Sam. I'm hoping and praying it won't be anyways, and looking forward to what God has in store. Uh, Amen. Praise God. James and Terry will be in contact with him, and we're going to keep up with what's going on with Sam and what God's doing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you, each and every one. Don't forget, next Sunday um, evening is the community Thanksgiving service. Next Saturday night at the high school, Gatana will be here, and please come out. And uh, let's pray for the persecuted. God bless you. Have a great day. If you're here and you want prayer and you want us to to pray about anything, please come and we will pray for any need that you might have.